The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Well, hello there. Happy springtime to our dope village. Welcome to Laughter Permitted. I'm Julia Gulia, and with me, as always, is Lynn Ozawi. Hello, Linio. Hi, Julie. I have to say, I'm excited for this episode. Our guest is NFL official Sarah Thomas. We have wanted Sarah Thomas as a guest for a while, and we knew she would be a good interview. But what we didn't know is how much darn fun she would be. And it occurred to me while we were interviewing her, she is a good bit of crazy in her like us. It was such a good time to spend time with her. And it was unexpected in a way because when we see Sarah Thomas on the sidelines, she's all business, very stoic. Well, we are here to tell you she is a blast. One programming note, during most pressing questions, Julie and I had this awesome bit planned where we both revealed that we had on refs jerseys and gear and we did the bit sarah loved it the only thing is that we forgot that we are a podcast and only do audio and made no (laughs) verbal reference to it whatsoever so when most pressing questions come just imagine us in ref gear and we will also post some pictures on social media so you can get the visual of that Okay, let's get to know Sarah Thomas, shall we? We often talk about wanting to interview trailblazers on this podcast. And, well, Sarah takes trailblazing to a whole new galaxy. After being a successful collegiate basketball player at the University of Mobile, and she was looking to stay involved in sports, Sarah gets into football officiating of all things. She officiates high school games, gets noticed for her great work, and then goes on to make history in 2007 when she became the first woman to officiate a major college football game. She then goes on to become the first woman to officiate a collegiate bowl game, the first woman hired as a full-time NFL official, the first woman to officiate an NFL playoff game. You get the picture. She keeps blazing. And still blazing on, this February, Sarah became the first woman to ever officiate a Super Bowl. We had a engaging conversation about how she did all of this. So get comfortable listening. It's Sarah Thomas. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives and truly We've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by... Watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV by going to women's sporting events in person by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com.
Hi, Sarah. How are y'all doing? You look all cleaned up and nice. Yeah, that's you not, look stunning. You, that's not the right. point of podcast. You have a hat on. I, I should, you know what? I should have done that. I um, squeezed in a little gym visit this morning and had my hair up in a ponytail. And I was saying to my trainer, I was like, um, should I uh, wash my hair or dry shampoo? <laughs> dry shampoo. So this is about three days of not washing, just brush, put on some makeup. Yeah, Gorgeous. that's why I just said to Lynn, my hat is for my greasiness. I, I love it though. I should have put a hat on. All right, Bailey, my daughter's going to say hey to y'all. Hey. What's up, Bailey? Hi, Bailey. How's it going, darling? She's a rock star. You hear me? <laughs> Olympian. Oh, champion. Okay. Soccer player. Yep. We, ca we call it has been now, Bailey. Washed up is what I say. Washed up here. All right. How old are you? Eight? Nine? Eight. Wow. Almost to double digits, huh? That's right. All right. We're about to start this podcast, Angel. <laughs> okay. The first thing, Sarah, we always do on the podcast is we have our guest set the scene. Where you're at, what you're doing. So set the scene. Sarah. You got it. So I'll set the scene for you. I am located in the middle of my house uh, <laughs> in Brandon, Mississippi. It's a beautiful home that I built, oh gosh, 13 years ago. But the best investment that I ever did was put a pool in my backyard, which I could show that to you guys. Oh, don't tell my kids that. They're dying for a pool. <laughs> best investment. Well, you know, the 20-year-old, 17-year-old, and then an 8-year-old. And I just said, I'm not going to be 50 walking around at the community pool in a bikini. <laughs> so I... <laughs> I put the pool in last year. It was finished in February. COVID hit. So we oh. go to spring break really early here. Well, spring break never ended. Neither did the umbrella drinks and the festivities <laughs> that started usually at two o'clock in the afternoon because we would finish school and recess and then straight to the pool. But yeah, oh that's where gosh. I'm located. The scene is just right here at the house. So uh. that's the place to quarantine. We had a good time. I love that the catalyst is I don't want to be seen in the bikini at the community pool at 50. I hear hey, you, on that. you know, smart girl here. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. A quick question off the top before we dive in is that a lot of our listeners know that you are obviously an NFL official, but we do want to give a sense of what you actually do on the field. Yeah. So for context, you are a down judge. What does a down judge do? All right, so my responsibilities are the line of scrimmage, and I'm certain that there are a lot of sports-oriented people that listen to your podcast. Line of scrimmage is where the football lays before they snap it. Anything that happens before they snap the ball, like false start or anything at the line, encroachment, um, NZIs, you know, stuff like that, I'm responsible for that. I'm also responsible for making sure that the offense is set up legally. And in the league, it's a little different than college. So numbering and positions, they matter. You miss that, that's a big no-no, right? Uh, once the ball snapped, then depending on the formation of the offense, it depends on who I'm watching. With uh, the passing game more prevalent now than it used to be, I usually have a receiver almost every time, a wide out or something. There, I may have a back. Uh, and also depending on where the referee is standing or the formation, determines whether I have the quarterback's pass backwards forward, um, whether he runs towards me, I hold the line of scrimmage, I back up. Um, and then once the ball's passed or, you know, they give it, hand it off, I've, I've got other responsibilities. In the meantime, I'm also responsible for the chain crew. So I have to, oh. um, you know, manage them and they're great. Every chain crew I've ever worked with has been fantastic except for maybe one. I've never ejected a coach or a player, but I ejected a chain crew guy this past year. But anyway, that's another, that's another note. Um, but yeah, so I've got the chains too. And then once the ball's dead, then I've got a dead ball officiate. Make sure we don't have any late hits or jawing or anything like that. Oh my God. That's just a Cliff's Notes version. I know. That's a lot. That's, that's a, what I wanted to kind of get to. Hurts. Like there's a lot going on while you're standing on the sidelines there. Oh. That's right. What? That's a lot. That's why you're so good at this, Sarah, because we women, we multitask. That's like 17 things you had to do there. Yes. That's what I was like. Why is this a big deal? I mean, we, we do it we all, live. right? This is how we live yeah. as women. All right. 
the million dollar question we want to start with is how in the heck as a woman did you get into nfl officiating and i understand there's this wild story that has a connection to this that has to do with the men's basketball league please do tell you got it so after college playing basketball you know all of us has-beens or wannabes whatever i wanted to continue playing and i was always on my brother's team we would just have a group that would go and i i was in another men's league actually and i played in two of them but this one league i had been in this league for three years and I'm at a volleyball game one night and a guy comes up to me. I can't remember who it was. And he said, Sarah, I'm sorry about what happened last night. Now you got to remember, I'm 23. I'm single. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? I was by myself last night. I don't know why you're apologizing to me. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, you, you don't know, do you? And I said, no. He said, they voted you out of the basketball league last night. And I was like, well, why? And he said, because you're a girl. And I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, I've been in this league for three years. Are they just now realizing I'm a, I'm a girl? And you play collegiately as a rock star player. So, you know, the funny thing is every league that I've ever played in, you know, you'd have one or two dirty players, you know, sure. you know that. I mean, I'm aggressive. Some people may have said I was dirty. I, I wouldn't want to be dirty, but there were these guys, they were brothers. And that year they would do anything they could to try to trip me or hurt me to where my brothers were wanting to go in and do something like I can handle them. Just give me the ball, you know? I love it. And love so... It they are the ones that brought up this vote. Well, huh. when I, I asked the guy, I said, hey, well, look, you know, it's a church league. Surely a member of our team was there and goes, no. And I said, all right, I'm protesting the vote. So it comes down to a tie. The revote comes down to a tie. Oh my gosh. And the Baptist preacher is the tiebreaker. What? And I can talk, I, yeah, I can talk about Baptist because I was raised Baptist. So he actually asked the guy, why was he bringing up this vote and why didn't he want me in the league? And he said, well, when she posts us up or we post her up, it just feels funny. Well, you know, my mouth gets ahead of me real quickly. <laughs> and I just said, I'm just going to save y'all a lot of heartache here. But I looked at that guy and I said, you know what? As fast paced of a game as basketball is, if you get some type of sexual sensation, you don't need to be in this league. Right. So I said, sexual sensation in the Baptist gymnasium, I'm toast. I'm out. Like, done. Struck by lightning right there. Out. I call up my dad and I'm, I'm furious, right? I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm like crying mad. That's usually when I get mad or mm -hmm. when I cry. And so I said, you mean because I'm a girl? I can't play organized sports. They don't have a girls league around. I've played sports since I was five. What am I going to do? Because I hate running. I like hate running long <laughs> distance or walking on the treadmill or whatever. So that was a way for me to stay in shape. Mm -hmm. right. By just a fluke. And my older brother and I joke, his name's Lee. He was the straight and narrow, right? And then I was the black sheep of the family. <laughs> and... I was on the phone with him and it was just weird. I, I, I could have cared less what Lee was doing. And I, I joked with him, he was, he was somewhat of an athlete. But I asked him, I was like, hey, what are you doing tonight? And he said, I'm going to a football officials meeting. I went, can girls do that? And he literally was like, I guess so, sis. Be there at six and don't be late. <laughs> so I went to the gym, showed up there. And right before we walked in, my brother stopped me. And one thing they never did was take up for me, except for that one time when he was like, let me go in and take care of this guy. I'm like, no, I got him. <laughs> and he said, Sarah, he said, look, he said, these are a bunch of old men set in their ways. You're, you're going to get some strange stares. And I was like, I can handle them. Let's go. Sure enough, we walk in the door. George Nash, he's older than dirt. I mean, he's like 80 <laughs> something. He's still living. Love him. And now, is your, not to interrupt, but is your brother a ref or was it just like an introductory meeting? Was he already doing officiating? He and I got into officiating the same year, but he had been to a meeting or two before I joined him that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I walk in, George Nash is at the front and he's talking to another official and he just stops and he stares and watches me walk across the room. So to break the ice, I said, is this where you become a football official? And I can't repeat what he said. And then he said, I guess so. And he, he, the joke is he really thought I was somebody's wife that was coming to make sure her <laughs> husband was where he was supposed to be on a Wednesday night. Of yeah, but, but that's, that's how I got into officiating, period. And I didn't know that there weren't any women doing it because playing collegiate basketball, you would see female officials out there. Plus, when I go to the game, a football game, I don't ever go, oh, there's five guys. I just, I never thought that there wasn't a woman doing it. Then when well, I learned that I was- football? I'll tell you, I sat in that first meeting 
And I said, you gotta be kidding me. These guys actually get together and discuss rules and plays because I hated the officials when I played and I'm sure they hated me. <laughs> but if I had known that about them, I'd say maybe my mindset would have changed, probably not really. But um, so I was so intrigued by that, that they took pride in what they were doing to give back. Then that competitive side, I didn't know anything about the game of football. Like I thought I did as a fan. So I sat there and I went, all right, this could be that competitive side of me learning the game of football. But of course, the assigned secretary for the state of Mississippi, he said, don't you want to try basketball? So I did basketball too, mm -hmm. but I was so frustrated working those high school games and seeing the talent on the, the court and the coaches just over there kind of holding the bench down. So I found myself wanting to coach the players instead of officiate. <laughs> During and the game? Yeah, and I, I just would get frustrated. And it just didn't give me that competitive side like football did. Julie was wondering if you had tried basketball. Yep, yeah, I did for did. three years. Just didn't stick? No, plus it was like every night of the week. And here I am married. I had a little one already. And, yeah. you know, high school was Friday nights. And I would do peewees and stuff like that. But um, once I had kids, it was just, it took too much time. So it's kind of like when the one door closed with the basketball league, you just found another outlet for your love of sports, it sounds like. Exactly right. And I have the mentality to this day. I, when somebody said, oh, it's the Super Bowl, we work every Sunday like it's the Super Bowl. Because as a player, if an official thought that my game was lesser than an SEC game, it would have it pissed me mm -hmm. off, right? So I just knew whether it was Pee Wee, whether it was high school, mm -hmm. where I am now, I just want to make sure I'm administering athletic justice and letting them play. I just manage my position. I don't want to be seen, but I know how hard it is. All that practice and the coaching, let them take care of it and let me just let them know. And um, Administer of, my... of athletic justice. <laughs> that should be your subtitle. There we go. I love it. Yeah, and, and, and uh, one of my mentors, uh, he told me, he said, you know, there's rules. And of course, we know we have to play by the rules, but you would hate for the rules to get into the way of a really good game. So there's yeah. the spirit of the game as well that, and the spirit of the rule that you just have to have that mentality as well. Sarah, do you ever go back to those two brothers and be like, yoo-hoo, thank you very yeah, much. Absolutely. <laughs> I tell Lee it's all his fault. He has been in Conference USA officiating um, and it has done a great job. My younger brother is in the junior college league. No, and I mean the brothers from the basketball league, not your brothers. You got to go oh, back to them. You know, oh, I got you. I don't know who they are, but I bet you they remember who I am. I don't, <laughs> right. I don't know who they are. Yeah, nobody surfaced. Nobody has surfaced. Oh, dang. Yeah. I mean, to your point about your brother, he could have easily at that point been like, no, sis, you're crazy. This isn't yeah, the girls. And he didn't. He's like, come on, sis, come with me. Because I always did that with them. I mean, whether we were riding dirt bikes or playing football in the backyard or basketball, I've just always hung out with my brothers. Always. What was it about officiating that just made sense where you thought, this is something I could do? I don't know if it really did make sense. You talk about a learning curve that I had to go through on every level of hmm. learning each um, set of rules for each uh, level that I was working. And not only that, in college... I worked UFL, which was a semi-pro league that lasted for a few years. And then I worked arena ball, which those rules are completely different and trying to learn the NFL rules because I would go to mini camps and training camps and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I mean, call me crazy. I think we all like tick a little differently who officiate any sport. Right. So I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, um, the camaraderie too. the guys. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. A lot of people ask me, like, what is it being in a male dominant? I mean, how do they treat you and all that? Mm -hmm. And I go, you know what? It's tougher sometimes walking into a room full of women because mm -hmm. they too will size you up. You know, what handbag, mm -hmm. what are their nails done? How's the hair? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of stuff. So it's, it's kind of a mirrored image. Men will look at you, they'll size you up. Women will too, but I just think you just got to own who you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the thing too about that is when we talk about, oh, in sports or broadcasting or, you know, whatever we're doing, it's a, it's a male dominated world. Yours is pretty much 
all male. Like yep. you are literally the lone woman in the room. I mean, that has taken it to a whole nother level. Why do you think you were the first woman to break through? Have no idea. Have no idea. I, I take it back to the way I was raised, though, honestly and truly. My father, he, um, he kind of cringes when I say this now, but um, he, he, he instilled in me and told me to never to depend on a man for anything, to hold yourself accountable, look at yourself first. And he told my brothers that too, to not depend on anything, but anyone, but still we were raised to um, just look at ourselves. If we wanted to do something, I was never told you couldn't because you were a girl. My dad never told me, I, I mean, I know how to rotate tires, change oil. I mean, I don't now, <laughs> but I mean, my dad would have me under the hood or I'd be with my brothers, but Right. I just think it goes back to um, the way God creates us, right? I, I don't know. He gave me a gift of discernment. I feel like I can read people pretty well. And um, I know when to talk and when not to talk uh, sometimes. But, you know, I just I just think surrounding myself with a lot of great guys and them kind of telling me how things uh, happen. And I just, I listen to them. You know, I've watched your career over the years and one of the things I can say is, especially with the, now that you're in the NFL, I can always spot you on the sidelines when I turn on a game. I'm not sure if you've heard this from other people. And this was the first year that I noticed that you wore your, your ponytail outside of your hat. So previous years, your hair was pinned up. So it was really hard to tell you apart from the other referees. And I was right. thinking about it. Why could I spot you? And I think the reason is you have a presence about yourself, that you, you carry yourself in a certain way. Would you agree with that? Lynn, it's crazy that you say that because the NFL scout that noticed me in that last game that I thought I was going to work the championship game, high school level, he said it wasn't what you did right or what you did wrong. It was your field presence, how you conducted and carried yourself. And when I speak to women's groups, I'm like, look, You've got to own the room when you walk in. Throw your mm -hmm. shoulders back. Okay, we have boobs. They're going to stick out. Okay, that's just how it is. And, and Speak for yourself. I wish right, you well, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, it goes for both of us. Sarah, I got to wear a padded bra. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. I got you. But, you know, and just and hold your head high. And, yeah. the, and when we do that, the room just kind of changes. Yeah. But, yeah, field presence. And, and, I, and it's a huge compliment that you say that. But I think that just goes back to also the being a former athlete and, and knowing what it takes and being assertive and just being confident. Yeah. And it goes back to all the way. I mean, you've been uh, the lone woman in the room for a long time. I, I saw you were, you know, on a fifth grade basketball team as, as the lone girl on the team. I'm like, yep. oh, she's been doing this for a long time. Brothers. Yep. So it makes sense. Yeah. How that fifth grade basketball team come about as far as you being the only girl on it? So my aunt, Jill Lupton, she's 81. And she, she was a heck of a basketball player herself, was coaching at Dallas Baptist University at the time. And she, in 1971, she was the first female coach or coach to win a women's national championship. And then in 1973, she coached the U.S. world team that went to Moscow, Russia. They won a silver. That was the equivalent of the Olympics now. And Pat Summit was on her team. So she, when I was in fifth grade, which so forward thinking on her part, she just said, hey, are you going to try out for basketball? I said, they don't have a girls team. She said, go out for the boys team. And I don't mm -hmm. know if it was just that that she said that gave me that confidence that here of my idol that I look up to that scored 63 points in three quarters when she was playing, but she sprained her ankle so bad she couldn't go back in. You hear that story from her that she's saying, why don't you play basketball? It was just like that boost of confidence I needed. And so I went and tried out and I made it. It's such a good reminder. I mean, these little forks in your life that happen, right? The, your brother saying, sure, sis, join me. Yeah. Right? Right there saying, yeah, play for the boys. Ugh, yep. I love that. All right, let's have some fun here. Let's okay. talk the Super Bowl. Yeah, let's do it. As I said, I can always spot you on the sidelines. Well, everyone was watching you on the sidelines at this game. I'll speak for myself. It definitely was the highlight of this year's Super Bowl. And uh, in particular, there was one moment, second quarter, 
And I remember when you made the fourth and goal call with Tampa Bay, or maybe it was you were spotting the ball. I mean, my heart was pounding and I, you know, seeing you run in there and maybe you can take share that moment, but also what from that day is something you will never forget. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's it's crazy the training that the NFL puts us through and those moments when I have goal line responsibility, that's the money maker, right? That's the money yeah. shot. And it's just, uh, I got to work with a great crew this past year and Carl Johnson was my crossfield guy and he would always say, let's get it perfect, Sarah. And so mm -hmm. I wasn't working with him during the Super Bowl, but I would say it to Rusty Baines across from me, I was like, let's get it perfect. And yeah, my heart wasn't pounding because the training we go through, this is what we're, this is what we have to do. You look cool as a cucumber. <laughs> well, good. The, because I felt that way. So it's just kind of like that ice water in the veins. You just, you just have to have it. And uh, yeah, it was a great moment. We had a few of those really tight spots right there at the goal line and, and we nailed them, which is great. And um, as far as the moment that just, I will carry forever with me. It's really two. Before the game, I knew my kids were coming into the stadium. I didn't know it was the timing was just perfect. I went to the end zone where they were supposed to be sitting, and I see Bailey walking across with her white Aww. jacket. And I can whistle really loud with my <sighs> fingers. So jealous. And so I whistled, and Bailey, and they all turned around and pointed, and I blew them kisses. But she said, Mom, I heard your whistle and thought, there's no way that's my mom because she's working the Super Bowl. And she said, and when I turned around and you were pointing at us, it was just one of those moments. And it was just like, Ugh. you can see footage of me. Like I just pound my hands and I'm like, here we go. The next one is at the end of it. Mm. That's when I felt I could celebrate. Yeah. Up until that point, I had a job to do. I had to stay focused and I, I flip a switch when I leave the house to go to a game, but really when I walk through that tunnel, it's a complete, I'm a complete different animal. What's the, what's the switch? What happens? It's, it's just like you hear that pregame music that I listen to and you just put it down and we have our little come together meeting. And uh, then it's just, it's go time. It's like, you know, adjust the hat, walk out that tunnel. It's great. But <laughs> at the end of the game, the confetti's coming down. It's just, we did a great job, take it all in. And I did, I just stood there for a moment, took it all in. And then I went and found my kids again and just blew them kisses. And I, I got them down on the field. That's what I'll forever remember. That's just great restraint not to be, uh, not celebrating the fact that you, you know, you've been selected to go to the Super Bowl. I, I think when I would have got that call, I would have been like, yo, let me tell the now, whole neighborhood. Now I did what scream. I did scream. I was, I was pumped. But then it was like they were, my phone rang from like 10 o'clock that morning to 1 a.m. And it was funny. I was like, all right, it's one o'clock. Nobody's, my phone's not dinging. I guess everybody's asleep yeah. finally. Yeah, it was, we, we celebrated a little bit that day, but then it was, all right, I've got to dodge COVID. I, I, I stopped going right. to the gym. I would do this. Nobody was coming to my house except for the people that had been here. My kids would walk in and wear a mask. It was just, Lockdown. yeah, I had to dodge COVID. Yeah. But they were like, Sarah, you're so somber. And I go, I've got a job to do, but I can yeah. promise you when I walk off that field, there will be some celebrations that will happen. Such a bummer because of COVID, your folks couldn't come. That's and right. I, you know, your parents were there, but what did they say to you? What'd they do for you? So my mom, they, okay. So they tailgated and they wore jerseys. They wore my referee tops Aww. and they said, you know, if you're a fan of a team, you wear their jersey. So they wore my jersey, which was great. <laughs> And, um, and my mom, when I was a freshman in college, she pinned a little angel on me and she said, I may not be with you in person all the time, but I'll be with you in spirit. Aww. She found that angel Aww. and attached it to a card and wrote on there. We're not with you in person, but we're with you in spirit. Will you mm -hmm. wear this on your Jersey somewhere? Well, I wore it underneath uh, on my little black underneath top, but that, oh boy, you know, I lost it there for a moment whenever oh, I, I read that note, but that's, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you wore it underneath. I did. And another thing I did that nobody knows, I got a black Sharpie and I wrote everyone's initials on my chest of who helped me in this journey. Wow. No and I didn't take a picture of it before the game. I did after, so it's a little smudged, but yeah, I did that. 
That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Oh, so they were all with you. Yeah. Even though a lot of them couldn't be there in the stadium, there's a lot of people that helped me along this way. And I just would put their initials all over. Some of those guys may be glad. That's the closest they were ever going to get to my chest. So, you know, I just <laughs> had to put their initials there. <laughs> Is that G-rated? That or posting up in basketball. There you go. That's it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Why did you decide to go ponytail this season? Ponytail out. All right. So I guess when, Ger when Gerald hired me, he told me to tuck my hair. And who, and who is Gerald? What Gerald was his? Austin is a supervisor of officials that hired me in college. Okay. And he's, he was in the NFL. He worked 27 years in the NFL. And he knows the pressures of this job, period. And he just was doing it to protect me from fans, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, to not immediately stereotype, hey, here's a woman, what's she doing out here? So I, you know, I respect him for that. And then he said, and you need to wear little or no makeup. I said, no, you crossing the line there. I said, I will be wearing makeup. There's cameras there. So then when I got into the league, they didn't tell me that I couldn't wear my hair out, but they didn't have a snapback. And I just think it looks tacky in that fitted hat. And I'll wear a fitted hat around here all the time with my hair out, but on the field, I just, I thought it, it just didn't look clean and professional to me. Mm -hmm. A couple of years ago, someone asked me, would I wear my hair out? Because more women are getting in and they're seeing their hair out. And I said, the only way I would is if I had a snapback. Well, they sent me a snapback that year. And I thought about doing it, but I'm pretty superstitious. I have those routines and I was having a good year that year and I didn't want to rock the boat because then it would have been about me trying to make a statement. This year, with everything that happened in 2020, it just, the timing was right. <laughs> Inclusion, diversity, um, just the end of racism. And they just said, we're sending you snapbacks. So the start of the season, I was able to do it. It wasn't about my hair, even though I love the blonde ponytail. It is much more natural to be wearing it out in a ponytail. But it was just, it was just the right thing to do. It, ju it just was. And I was honored to be able to do it. It's such a great image too, with it dangling out there. And I, I love seeing all the tweets, all the social media posts, Sarah, Jill Biden saying, you're an inspiration, Sarah. What? I know. Oh. How awesome was that? Phenomenal. What uh, a class act she is, right? What, and I'm sure you've heard so many stories from young girls, from young boys, but what is there one that sticks out from someone about the inspiration you've brought to their lives? You know, outside of my kids, I, uh, the famous Mississippians that the elementary schools do are famous Californians. They do these uh, wax museums, if you will. And I've had multiple kids or parents email me asking, could they interview me because they chose me to be their famous Mississippian Aww. or having people text me and tell me my daughter's never watched football. And every time she saw you on the screen, she would jump up and clap and was so happy that you were there. And then with my, my own kids, and you made a great point. It's not just about my daughter. I have two young men that I'm raising mm -hmm. and I went through a horrific divorce. They did. And so, you know, you just, the fruits of your labor and my son Bridley put something out on Instagram. Oh, and you just, when he says, mom, you know, I'm speechless, basically. I, there's not enough words that I could say of what you're oh. doing. And I may not want to go to practice, but I look at you and go, hey, she's able to do it. And you remind me of the woman in Proverbs 31. And just, you just see this. And it's just like, it's not just about my daughter, but my, my two, my two boys. Now my 17 year old, he's coming into his own. And he just goes, mom, you're the goat. I was like, <laughs> I pick up the phone and I go, all right, what do you mean by that? And he goes, I mean, mom, it's like you and President Biden are the only ones trending right now. And I was like, <laughs> you know, so he's, he's at junior in high school. Swaggy likes that as well. That's right. I love it. I love it. But it was just, it was just, I said, as long as my kids are proud of me, he said, mom, we are so proud of you. And that's just, I want to see that. All the sacrifices they've had to do and be, been through me missing this, me missing that, but still in all of them understanding what this means. Oh, it's, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready, Sarah, for most pressing questions? Do we want to play yeah. the game first? 
Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we we've only we've done about four, fifty. We've of only these. done like seven hundred episodes. Right. We'll get then... we'll we'll figure out our rhythm one of these days. Sure. I love it. Not most pressing questions yet. It's not that pressing. Okay. Got All it. Right, Lynn game. Go on, Lynn. All right, Sarah. Every episode we have a head to head with Julie and our guest. Yeah. A trivia game. Most important part of the game is is ultimately the noisemaker. So can you share with us what your noisemaker will be today? Cowbell. Cowbells. Autograph by Dan Mullen. All right, we've got a cowbell. Julie, what do you have today? I have a donut squeaker that Swaggy is going to want to pound. Is Swaggy okay. Swaggy's there with you in the office? Uh, Swaggy is somewhere here. I think so. Yes, she's under the desk. So it's going to get... All right, Swaggy. Yeah, it's going to get ugly. She's going to be dying for this. I'm telling you, I stink at this, this trivia stuff. But all right, let's roll. Um, This is my chance to get my competitive juices out, Sarah. So prepare to get crushed, Sarah. You got it. Hey, I'm a sore loser. I'll tell you that right now. But go ahead. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm, I have always maybe thought of myself as the host of this game, but maybe I'm officiating this game because here are the rules. It's best of five. Okay. These are all multiple choice questions. The game does have a theme and I sometimes try and find a connection between the guest and Julie. And I think I might've found one. Do either of you watch very much TV? No. Mm, no. Right, Thank so you. all of these questions are about TV shows. Oh, gosh. I'm going to, yeah. I, I, may, I may crush you, though, still. Hold on. Let's see. <laughs> Sarah, I don't watch a lot of TV shows. I don't either. If it's not on ESPN or NFL, I don't really watch it. All right. Okay, good. I have a chance. Let's go, Lynn. But I need to ring my, I need to ring my, my cowbell before she squeaks the donut. Yes. Exactly. Right. Question number one. What sitcom did Tina Fey star in as the character Liz Lemon? Was it was A, in the day. Third Rock from the Sun? Sarah. Third Rock? Incorrect. Back of it. Do I have mm. a second chance? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, Look go ahead. Look I love it. 30 Rock. Correct. Yes. Yes. It. Third, all 30, right. it's all the same. Yes. One of them, yeah. Question two, what MTV reality show began with the narration, this is the true story of seven strangers? Was it A, Jersey Shore, B, Road Rules, or C, The Real World? Sarah. I don't know, The Real World. Correct. Oh, Oh, yeah, baby. The level of blank stares with these questions is fantastic. Oh, Julie, this one I had to do for you. Question three. What year did The Bachelor premiere? Was it... Oh, gosh. Is your mic okay? Yeah. Swaggy just Was it A, 1997, B, 2000, or C, 2002? (laughs) Julie. Seeing as I am such a Bachelor fan. That's sarcasm, Sarah. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. Uh, 2002. Correct. Oh, yes. I was going to go with 1997 first, but I did it. Okay, Aww. Swaggy, out. You do not get the Swinky. Love okay. it. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that whole situation. Yeah, two to yeah. one. Lynn's trying to convert me to no success. Two to one, just to make sure you guys are up to date on the score. I got it, I got it. Here we go. Okay. Number four. How many seasons of The Simpsons have there been? A, 32, B, 37, or C, 49? Sarah. C. Incorrect. Julie could take the game. B. Incorrect. The correct no. answer is A32. Oh. Okay, question five. We could potentially need a tie break in this game. We're going to call the Baptist preacher. <laughs> uh, 
What TV game show featured contestants saying, no whammies, no whammies, stop. Oh, gosh, don't oh. get... Oh, right. A, press your luck. Yes, yes, press your luck. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Oh. She's like, I knew that one. Swaggy I used one to watch it. Damn, bam. That was competitive. I love that show. Bring it oh. back. Right? Great show. So I think we're 2-2, two, 2-2, two, two, okay. two, correct? Tiebreaker, tiebreaker. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for this tiebreaker. It's going to be a coin toss. Oh. <laughs> I got to say heads or tails? You can call it, in, call it in the air. Here we go. Got it. All right. Tails. Oh, she dropped it. Lynn okay. dropped it. I'll flip it. Here we go. Heads. Jed, ah! got it. I always go with tails. I go I go with tails, always. Tails never fails. Tails never you. fails. Yeah. Tails never fails. Hold on, I gotta close the door so Swaggy is she's gonna chew that thing to death. One sec. It's gonna make noise. That was a good game. Yeah, it was. That was fun. I liked it because I don't watch television, so it was great when she said okay. she didn't watch television. Now, Sarah. Yes, ma'am. Most now pressing questions. Pressing? All right, pressing questions. But we decided today, in your honor, to do it most pressing questions referee edition. All right. And to make you feel at home because you don't have a lot of estrogen karma around you. Okay. Excuse me. Time out. Stop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Look, does yours have 53 right. on it, Lynn? 53. And... Oh, what? Rocking it. Did you get a Rocking patch? the number 5-3. Look, you get a oh, patch? we got hats and everything. Wait, snapback huh? hat. Time out. I think I look pretty good in this. What do you think? I like it. I Sign think I would up. do my ponytail as a bun, though, by the way. Yeah. I like the bun. Okay. I like it, too. <laughs> Y'all are awesome. Most pressing questions, referee style. Maybe we should blow the whistle to get it going. <laughs> oh, that's a bad whistle. Sarah, can you do your whistle? That's a bad whistle. Thank you. Much better. Um, I want to know what kind of chatter you get from the players. I mean, there has to be some good stuff we haven't heard. Come on. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, I, one player did tell me something happened, and he said, you need some blankety blank glasses and I just looked at him and I go where do I get those from <laughs> and then uh one time there was a player and he was upset with me and he turned his back and walked away and I looked at his team and I was like why do you have to be so angry um for the most part it's just and I can't repeat certain things because you know they'll be questioning hey they're holding me why aren't you looking at this yeah and there there was one funny um a player had said to me he just he's walking by me and he goes, you're terrible. And I was like, you talking to me? And he just kept walking. And then the next time I saw him, he, he just said, you know, regardless, congratulations. And he kept, we just kept walking. I said, thank you. Wait, was that and during the Super Bowl? Regardless. I, I, can't, I can't be specific that way. But then after the game was over, I was like, did I redeem myself? And he said, absolutely. We just kept, we just, <laughs> just it was just back and forth. It was great. It was great. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of, they're, they're great guys. Really, they are. Yeah. They're just competitors. When's the book coming out? That's what, with all of these juicy stories. Yeah, That's what that, we're need that, today. that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Um, who knows? I, you know, I keep a journal. Yeah. Next most pressing. How does officiating translate to your day-to-day? Are you throwing flags at the grocery store in traffic? It has taught me a lot about life. In intense situations, how to just either, you know, address it and move on or when to avoid certain things. Yeah, and dealing with the kids and just, uh, yeah, it's told me a lot about life. I, yeah, I don't throw the flag or anything. I just pretty much be straightforward, get to a solution and move on. How do you get to a solution quickly? Uh, you better listen to me. Taylor's over here. I'm going to tell my kids that one. That's so good because I'm right. (laughs) Yep. All right. Our last segment we do is high, low cheer. This is something I do around the dinner table with my kids. So for you, it's going to be the high of your career, Sarah, the low of your career, and someone you cheer for who's helped you along the way. Sure. All right. The high of my career was, of course, work uh, ranking number one and being given the opportunity to work the Super Bowl. 
the low of my career was calling the fourth time out in New Orleans uh, Detroit game, my rookie season. I wanted to crawl underneath the turf. What um, do you mean? What happened? Yeah. So the, the Lions called for a timeout when they didn't have one, and I granted it. That's a no-no. Thank goodness there wasn't a score or anything, but yeah, the low. Um, then I guess cheer, you know, it's gotta be my parents. It's, it's, I mean, it's just awesome. They're awesome. And my mom, bless her heart. She was a home economics major. She can cook. She can sew. She can do all that. I don't like to cook and I do not know how to sew. (laughs) And she was so concerned about what are you doing? You're leaving your kids and what are people going to think? You know, she's that true Southern Baptist woman. And an amazing woman, but boy, is she all about some football now. That's just great. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I love, I love that angel pen story as well, so that they were with you on that day. Yeah. Thank you for the inspiration you have provided and that you are going to provide for so many more years to come. I cannot wait till we see more women dressed like this alongside you. So you do have that estrogen synergy next to you and you're going to be the inspiration that brings us there. Yeah. And I think it's going to happen sooner than later. So we'll see. Right. Yeah. Thanks, my dear, for the time. Thank you all so much. This is the best one I've done out of every interview I've done. Yes. The best. That's right. Touchdown. She said we're the best. I'm putting that on my resume. Sarah Thomas said that we were the best. (laughs) We're the best. (laughs) Hey, yo, kids. Sarah Thomas said we're the best. I'm going to remind Izzy and Deck every day. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, We should also make note that after we recorded with Sarah, the NFL announced that Maya Shaka will be the first ever black female on-field official. So awesome. Takeaways. Lynn, you want me to go first? Go for it. My takeaway is that I was amazed by the fact that Sarah doesn't see barriers or Mm. limits Mm -hmm. and that is always why the first gets there she just interesting keeps blazing (laughs) i'm gonna make it a t-shirt or maybe a tattoo blaze on blaze on blaze on she was never intimidated by the fact that there was literally no other women in the room forget a few women there were no women in the room and she just basically was like so what she didn't see barriers it's amazing yeah Blaze on, sisters, blaze on. My takeaway is that if ever I were in a bar fight, I'd want Sarah Thomas on my side. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) She's such a baller. Yeah. And then the other one I'll add is just considering how hard she worked to get to where she is and to hear she say she refed peewee games as as a start, and that's incredible. She blazed. Mm. She blazed on. Play zone. All right. Questions permitted. This question comes from Northwestern grad student. Shout out to all the Medill students and former pro soccer player Hannah Lichtenstein. Nice. Hannah. She even has her own podcast called Run Along. Check that out. Awesome. Hannah asks, if you guys could host another podcast together about anything else, what would it be? I mean, my gut says donuts, but that seems like a little narrow. Um. <laughs> no, but I think that's the key with a podcast is you, you get you get niche. So I do agree. Mm-hmm. I think reviewing donuts and coffee would be an amazing concept for us. I would like mm-hmm. the podcast itself to be exactly five minutes long, though. <laughs> so you don't have to edit it. Exactly. <laughs> I will do anything, but it's going to be a five-minute podcast. It's going to be 2.2 minutes. I want, I want all of our Dope Village to know that Lynn and I had this ongoing debate about length of podcast. I, in the beginning, was like, no more than 40 minutes. I think you, you were like, no. I think you even said 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> Lynn was always for the two-hour podcast. This is Lynn's evolution. She's now wanting a five-minute podcast. It's because I don't have to edit it. 
Uh, I have kept a running list of possible alternative titles to our podcast as well. It was in the notes section in my phone. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I'll go. One title is I'll Stop Talking Now, You Go. <laughs> Another one. Wait, what was the question? <laughs> I also think we should do a podcast or you should do one that's called The Other Day, where every... <laughs> Every story, it's just you telling stories and every story has to start with the other day. Uh, that's an inside joke because whenever I reference anything, I always, regardless of time, whether it was last week, three years ago, a decade ago, I always say the other day. And now the kids and Lynn and my husband always call me out on it. The other um, day. The title list actually was much cleaner than I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be more like, Julie, shut the F up. She doesn't stop talking. Oh, my God. All right. There was one title along the way where I think you and I were both just in grumpy moods, and it was going to be a podcast called Why Do People Suck? <laughs> that actually would be a good one. Like and then we could, have, we could have an alternative one. Why are people awesome? No, let's just do Why Do People Suck. That's better. That would definitely show another side of us that I don't think too many people get to see. <laughs> okay. Oh, good stuff. That was funny. Thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you as well to Ally Bank, our presenting sponsor, and Dick's Sporting Goods. Thanks to our friend Kate Diaz for our theme song. Please check out her music. And thanks to you, our dope village, for listening and for your wonderful comments. Now, go blaze on! sisters and as always kids sing it with us laughter permitted i need to ring my my cowbell before she squeaks the donut hey there dope village be sure to check out america's caddy on espn plus hosted by michael collins he's the longtime caddy comedian and espn golf analyst who interviews the biggest stars in the game america's caddy is part travelogue part golf history lesson and part celebrity hangout full of laughs Streaming now on ESPN+. Also, Daily Wager is a new podcast for all your information on tonight's games. Listen every weekday afternoon for the latest info on the biggest games and plays. That's Daily Wager. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.